Good morning, Elevation. It's Melissa here. I'm going to be sharing the message with you this morning, something I haven't done for many, many years. So have a little mercy this morning. Um, we're going to give it a go. So uh, just to start off, I would like to say, is anyone getting sick of looking at the inside of my house every week? I know I am. The funny thing is that it always looks so clean. So just so that you don't think that's actually how it looks every week. I don't want to make anyone jealous that I am like queen bee housekeeper. So here's a couple of photos of what our house actually looks like behind the scenes on a typical recording day. I just didn't want anyone getting the wrong idea. All right, so let's dive in. So kids, to get you started, how about grabbing a piece of paper and on one side, um, I would like for you to draw an angry storm. Actually, looking out my window right now, that's exactly what I'm looking at, um, an angry storm. So dark, dark clouds, rain, some lightning. Um, yeah, whatever you think of when you think of a, a storm, could put a tornado in there, whatever you want. On one side of the page, and we're going to leave lots of room in the middle and the other side for the rest of the drawing, okay? Okay, so there's so much richness in this story. Brandon asked me to speak about this a couple months ago because he knows how much I love this story in the Bible. Um, there's all three perspectives. So there's Naomi, we have Naomi, we have Ruth, and we have Boaz. Today we're gonna focus mostly on Naomi's story and also those of you who are in number nine on the Enneagram. So if you resonate with number nine, one of your strongest desires is to have peace of mind, to feel like everything and everyone is okay. No conflicts. Although I'm not a number nine, I can resonate with this for sure. Um, and maybe you're finding that too, that you can kind of resonate with a little bit of every number. Um, the Enneagram Institute has called personality number nine um, the peacemaker because no type is more devoted to the quest for internal and external peace for themselves and for others. So sometimes nine is referred to as the crown of the Enneagram because it's at the top of the symbol and because it seems to include the whole of it. So nines can sometimes have a little bit of the goodness from every number. So good news if you're a nine um, this morning. Yeah, so you might have the um, strength of the eight, the sense of fun and adventure of the seven, the dutifulness of the sixes, the intellectualism of fives, the creativity of fours, the attractiveness of threes, the generosity of twos, and the idealism of ones. So you're a pretty darn good number, I want to say. Um, however, what they generally do not have is a sense of really inhabiting themselves, a strong sense of their own identity. So let's dive into this Bible story. The story begins with Naomi and her two daughter-in-laws. So they've lost everything. And in that time frame, there's not much worse that could happen to a woman because women were so reliant on men. So to lose your husband and your two sons and to be left with your two daughter-in-laws would pretty much be a worst case scenario. So Naomi is a good woman and she wants the best for her daughter-in-laws and she knows she can't care for them. She can probably not even care for herself financially speaking. So she tells them to leave and go home to their families, that this, hoping that this will fix all of their problems. She says, return home my daughters. Why would you come with me? Am I going to have more sons who could become your husbands? Even if I thought there was still hope for me, even if I had a husband tonight and then gave birth to sons, would you wait until they grew up? Would you remain unmarried for them? No, my daughters. It's more bitter for me than for you because the Lord's hand has gone out against me. So in spite of all this, 
and spite of Naomi trying to drive her daughter-in-laws away um, to a better life, Ruth stays with her. So Ruth says, no matter what you say, no matter what you do, I'm coming with you. Uh, your people will be my people and your God will be my God. So faith, faithful Ruth, right from the start, she's been faithful and loyal. And she goes with her mother-in-law. She stays with her and goes with her back to her hometown, Naomi's hometown of Bethlehem. So Naomi and Ruth arrive in Bethlehem and people who knew Naomi from before um, asked her, what's up? Why are you back here? And she cries out, the Lord has afflicted me. The Almighty has brought misfortune upon me. It's clear here that Naomi feels abandoned by God and she feels trapped and like she's in a hopeless situation. And that for a nine would be a pretty bad scenario, really bad scenario. In our early days of embassy, Brandon and I received a call from one of our students who lived with a house full of girls. She and some of the other girls in the house who all attended our student church were concerned for their roommates' well-being. So she had been engaged to a guy who attended our church. She was engaged and um, he was also one of our leaders. And the girls thought it was showing signs of an abusive relationship. So after meeting with a few of them and hearing some of their horror stories, Brandon and I decided to have this couple over to our home um, for a chat. So it turned out that this guy was very, very controlling. He would tell this girl how to dress. If he didn't like what she was wearing, he would say, go change. And he would watch her from across the street, um, her comings and goings from the house, um, just to make sure she was being truthful with him about where she was all the time. So we're sitting in our living room and the guy at first seemed very calm, cool and collected and like everything had just been exaggerated. Um, and he was almost believable to be honest until it got to the point in the conversation uh, where she decided to give him back the ring. So that was probably the most awkward moment of my life or one of them at least. She took the ring off and gave it back to him and said, we're finished. And that's when the guy lost it. So he started yelling and saying horrific things, um, threatening her, threatening us. He told us he was going to drive his car through the front of our house. So it was a frightening night for sure. Um, but at the end of that night, we felt at least good about the fact that she could move forward, that this nightmare was behind and could move forward in a healthy way. So imagine our shock and dismay when the next week while we're walking through Canadian Tire, we look up an aisle to see this couple walking towards us holding hands. So they apparently had reconciled and their engagement was back on. How could this be, we wondered. We had heard all of these horror stories. She had heard them, we, she had lived them. We had heard all of these horror stories in our own living room. Um, she had seen him lose it and threaten us and threaten her and yet she was back in this bad situation. So we awkwardly said hello. This was even maybe more awkward than the breakup on our couch. It was so extremely awkward. We said a little hello and talked for a couple minutes. And as soon as we got home that day to our little apartment, or actually it was our house. As soon as we got home to our house, I called her and said, um, please, like, can we get together? So the next day we got together for lunch. Uh, University Plaza Williams. I'll never forget it because it was a life-changing kind of conversation. So for two hours, I listened to her talk, try to justify um, this guy's actions. 
And in the middle of that, it struck me that she was trapped, much like Naomi in our Bible story this morning. She felt trapped and like she couldn't get out of this situation. She felt like there was no way out and that this was her lot in life. But thank God that that's not where the story ends. There's a passage in Romans 8.26 that I love. It says, the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. When there's no words left to pray, when it feels like we're trapped, God will make a way. So here's our number one takeaway this morning, is that God will make a way. It reminds me of that old song we used to sing um, in my Pentecostal days, uh, God will make a way where there seems to be no way. He works in ways we cannot see. He will make a way for me. It doesn't mean that our problems disappear, but it means that somehow God is working all things together. Behind the scenes, he's working things together. We might have no idea what that looks like, but he's working for your good. And he'll provide a way out. So kids, I want you to draw a rainbow going across the middle of your page Get out your markers and a beautiful rainbow um, from that bad storm you drew. And it's going to look like a bridge going to land somewhere good. So it's going to land in a good place. So Naomi has cried out to God. And before you know it, she realizes there is Boaz. The distant relative who seems to have taken a liking to her faithful daughter-in-law, Ruth. So she tells Ruth exactly what to do in Ruth 3, 1 to 4. So I'm going to read it for us. One day Naomi, her mother-in-law, said to her, My daughter, should I not try to find a home for you where you will be well provided for? Is not Boaz, with whose servant girls you have been, a kinsman of ours? Tonight he will be winnowing barley on the threshing floor. Wash and perfume yourself and put on your best clothes. Then go down to the threshing floor, but don't let him know you're there until he has finished eating and drinking. When he lies down, note the place where he is lying. Then go and uncover his feet and lie down. He'll tell you what to do. I will do whatever you say, Ruth answered. So she went down to the threshing floor and did everything her mother-in-law told her to do. So if you're number nine, you've probably found yourself in this situation where you're sculpting a plan for all things to turn out right. Whether it's a conflict with your coworker you're trying to fix, whether you're trying to play peacemaker to a family crisis, you just want everything to be settled. So that is what Naomi is feeling, and that's what she's trying to do here. So Ruth does what she's told to do by her mother-in-law. So Ruth listens. So this is our second takeaway this morning, is to listen. Listen to God by getting into his word. Listen to people who love you, who you know have your best interest in mind, and people who are perhaps removed from the intenseness of the situation. I'm not saying just to take advice blindly, but God can use others to speak into your life. I know he's used many people for me, and sometimes he's even used me to speak into other people's lives. So the second takeaway, like I said, is listen. The first is that God will make a way, and the second is listen. So let's get back to the student. The girl who's trapped and scared and willing to marry an abusive man just to make things feel okay and to end conflict. Spoken from a number nine perspective, I am aware of focusing on other people. In a relationship with others, I often give up my own agenda in favor of another person's. 
I have to be on guard about giving into others' demands and discounting my own legitimate needs. So that's something, if you're a number nine, that's really important for you to be aware of, to kind of sit on that and think about that throughout the week. And um, yeah, consider that because your own needs are really important too. So after hours of deep conversation, this girl breaks down and says she doesn't know how to get out. And out of nowhere, I feel like God is saying to me, get her on a plane and get her out of here. So I want to unpack that little sentence that I just said a little bit here because um, saying that I felt like God told me something. So I did not hear an audible voice saying, get her on a plane and get her out of here. But I had that inner deep sense. And I feel like that was God's voice speaking to me. And I think that sometimes we don't even, we're so far from God and a relationship with him that we don't even hear that voice. We don't even recognize that voice. Um, and I want to encourage you that if that's you and you feel like I don't even hear God's voice anymore to dive in again to that relationship, start praying and worshiping on a regular basis and, and reading your word again. And I feel like you'll, you'll begin to hear it again. Um, the other thing is that sometimes we hear that voice and we just ignore it. So we hear that inner voice telling us something and we just ignore it. Um, you might call it your gut instinct, whatever. And we just think, oh, that's just myself or um, that's crazy. I, I, I'm not listening to that. But I would encourage you um, to tap into that, lean into that a little bit and listen to that inner voice. Um, because I think often it's the voice of God speaking to us. So I asked her if there was anywhere she could go. And it turned out her mom lived out west. Her mom knew she was engaged, obviously, but did not know the unhealthy situation her daughter was in. I asked her if we got her ticket out that day, that same day, if she would go. And she said yes. So the next few hours kind of were a whirlwind. Um, as we, without the internet, so um, this makes me feel very old when I say this, but um, yeah, back in the day when we did not have just like a handy little internet to hop on and book a ticket, um, yeah, it was very difficult to just, you know, you had to call on the phone. And so we got her a ticket. Let's just pause and be thankful for the internet and how easy it makes our lives. Just for a, for a second here. I can remember like those giant maps on a road trip and like folding them all up. And anyway, yeah, it was difficult, but we still got things done back then. So we got her a ticket and um, yeah, we got her on a flight that night. We got our drive from someone from the embassy who was going to Toronto, was dropping her at the airport. If I remember correctly, the girls in the, her house um, packed a bag for her because she was too afraid to go home in case he was watching from across the street, as he often did. And that night she flew out and I feel like she escaped, like a movie. It felt honestly like a movie. And that unhealthy relationship ended, thank God. We never saw that guy again. She stayed out there for several months. Um, and even though that, that guy in the story was kind of like the villain in this story, the truth is, is that God loved, loves him too, loved him, loves him too. And I feel like even in his story, I know God was working behind the scenes in his life as well and trying to bring restoration and health. So this brings us in the story to our kinsman redeemer. So what is a kinsman redeemer? The definition in the Hebrew tradition is that this is a person who is the nearest relative to another 
is charged with the duty of restoring the rights of another and avenging his or her wrongs. The term is also used in reference to redemption. So Boaz, Boaz, this great human he was, he didn't have to redeem Naomi and Ruth. It wasn't his responsibility as there was someone else who was more closely related to Ruth's deceased husband. So he didn't have to redeem, but he chose to do so um, out of the kindness and goodness of his heart. Does this remind you of anyone else? So the answer is yes. Jesus, right? Jesus is our kinsman redeemer. I love the children's storybook Bible. Um, we used to read it to our kids all the time when they were young. So basically, as the story goes, um, all of the Old Testament, all of the Old Testament stories always point back to Jesus coming, to Jesus' death, to Jesus' resurrection. And it's the same in this story. So Boaz in this story is the kinsman redeemer, redeeming Ruth and Naomi. But again, it points ahead to Jesus being our kinsman redeemer and redeeming us. So the third takeaway in this story or this morning is that you are worth redeeming. You're worth it. Even if you don't deserve it, which none of us really do, no matter what we've done, no matter our history, you are worth redeeming. So kids, I would like for you to draw a beautiful, on the other side of that rainbow, to draw a beautiful picture of a beautiful day, sunny, warm, all kinds of goodness. Whatever stuff you like to do that is fun and healthy and good, draw that on that side of the page. Because Christ has redeemed us and that's worth celebrating. And just as though God wanted to wrap this story up with a fancy bow on top, here's the kicker. Not only did Naomi feel trapped and like nothing good could come from her life, not only did Ruth have the courage to stay with her mother-in-law, despite having no hope for the future, not only did Boaz show mercy and sacrifice for these women, but God decided that these people, who had no hope at one point, would be the heritage line for his son. So I'm going to read Ruth 4, 4.13. There's something about holding the Bible in your hand, by the way. It's pretty awesome. Okay, here it is. So Boaz took Ruth, and she became his wife. Then he went to her, and the Lord enabled her to conceive, and she gave birth to a son. The woman said to Naomi, Praise be to the Lord, who this day has not left you without a kinsman redeemer. May he become famous throughout Israel. He will renew your life and sustain you in your old age. For your daughter-in-law, who loves you and who is better to you than seven sons, has given him birth. Then Naomi took the child, laid him in her lap, and cared for him. The woman living there said, Naomi has a son, and they named him Obed. He was the father of Jesse, the father of David. And all the way down the line, we know that this is the line that Jesus came from. Which is pretty amazing. It's a pretty amazing story. I mentioned at the beginning that this is one of my favorite Bible stories. And I think it's because I see so much hope in it. When everything seems like it's over for Naomi, God has this huge surprise in store for her. She could never have seen it coming. And Ruth, who was just young and lost her husband, could never have known that in the midst of her grieving, that one day she would marry again and that her heritage line would bring forth the ultimate kinsman redeemer. It gives me the chills even reading that. What an honor that would be bestowed upon her. And even Boaz, I bet he had no idea the adventure his life was about to take when Naomi and Ruth came to town. There's just so much hope in this story. And if there's hope for them in the midst of their loss and sadness, 
then there's hope for me and there's hope for you too. So remember that you're worth redeeming. God's always working behind the scenes to restore us, to bring hope and to bring life. So we're going to break out in our neighbor's discussions right now, and I hope you join them and have some good discussion. It's always good to connect with people from church, um, just to see our church family. And also it's good just to chat about these, these things, right? And have some good, good discussion about stuff. So I'm going to pray before we go. God, I thank you for this story. I thank you for this Bible story that brings so much hope to us. God, I thank you that you care so much and so deeply for us that you sent your son to redeem us as our kinsman redeemer. God, I pray that you would help us to take this story and learn from it today, that we would go away um, learning, learning to be better listeners and acknowledging that that even when we're in bad situations, that you care enough and that you're working behind the scenes to bring good out of, out of bad. God, we thank you that you're faithful to us. And God, I pray right now for anyone, anyone watching this morning, anyone from our community or anyone who's just tuning in this morning who feels like they're in a hopeless situation. God, I pray that you'd breathe hope into their situations, into their lives. God, that they would know that the story isn't over and that you, you are working behind the scenes for good for them and that they're worth redeeming. So God, we thank you for today. We pray your blessing over each and every person. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks everyone for listening.